Well, this morning, I, uh, in connection with what uh, Gladys was saying, I was talking with a man in Alaska, up in Alaska yesterday. And uh, this brother bought some property in Alaska, and it's about two or three miles uh, from the place where Sarah Palin lives, her and her husband. And he told me that Sarah Palin is no longer in politics. Uh, she's at home and helping her husband. He's a commercial fisherman. And she stays at home helping him because she feels that politics is too wicked to be involved in. That was her testimony. Politics is too wicked to be involved in. So, yeah, things might not look the brightest as far as this earth is concerned and the, th the things in this world, but uh, I would just like to say for the Christian, the future is very bright. You know, it's not dark at all. Where, where there is the light of Jesus, the, it, it looks bright. And so I would like to start this message this morning, quoting from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The subject that I have this morning is how not to choose a friend. I've been talking the last number of times that I preached about friendship and, and uh, how we should be a friend to people and, and uh, different things uh, in relation to Jonathan and David and Saul. For better or worse, we need other people. It is a gift from God. People are a gift from God, and so we need them. And some people think that we should make all the friends that we can. And while that may be true, there's something that we should learn from this. And I believe that I have something to tell you that you want to hear. Because if you listen to what I will tell you this morning, you will be able to better your Christian life. Now how many would like to do that? All right, that's good. So the message that the Lord has laid upon my heart is a good message. And again, I will say, you will want to hear this. Turn your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 24. In 
Second Chronicles 24. In the first verse, it tells us that Joaz was seven years old when he began to reign. Now, I don't know what you think of that, but when I think of a seven-year-old boy becoming a king, I have to wonder, how did he ever do that? How would you like it? If we would take one of the, how many boys in here are seven years old? There we go. Back there is a seven-year-old and, and another one there. But we'd make, take one of these boys and make them bishop of this church. How would you like that? You think you could go along with that? It, it would seem unreal. And for a, a boy seven years old to be king seems just as unreal. He began to reign, and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. All right? So we'll leave that verse and go on down to verse 17. Now, after the death of Jehoadad came the prince of Judah and made obeisance to the king. Then the king hearkened unto them. Now, I do not know how much time there was between this time that they came to the king and bowed down to him and, and uh, things like this. But this king was persuaded or seduced or overwhelmed with these men that came to him and bowed down to him. I would guess he was more than seven years old by this time, but I do not know. And uh, then it says that, then the king hearkened unto them. Now earlier in this chapter it says that this Joaz did a lot of things for the Lord. He, he, he became... A man that followed the way that God wanted him to go. Very good disciple, I would say. It, it looked like he was really wanting to lead the people in, in the way of God. But when these men came and they bowed down to him in verse 17, then the king hearkened unto this man and he followed this man, these men. Okay, 18. And they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served groves and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for their trespass. Yet he sent prophets to them to bring them again unto the Lord. And they testified against them, but they would not give ear. Wow, is it possible that we can go to church even like this morning? We can go to church and we can listen, but we don't hear. What makes a difference between hearing and not hearing? I think sometimes we, we settle ourselves down, and because of the way that we settle ourselves down, we can either, it, it, something just relaxes within us, and we either pay no attention to what is being said, or we fall asleep. One or the other. Now, we can, we can do either one of those things very easily. Just settle down and, oh, well, wonder when this is going to be over, you know. 
And we wouldn't near say things like that because we are a very polite people. We don't want to, you know, we just don't want to. That's all I'll say. So did Joash need these people? Afterwards, they came, and he went with them, and they did certain things. And later on, a group of people came in and, and pronounced war upon him and made war. And this Joaz was hurt in the process. He was very wounded. And later on, the people that he had working for him came and killed him. Because Joaz stopped serving the Lord. So did Joaz need these friends? I would say he did not. Could he have refrained from yielding to them? I would say yes, he could have, but he did not. Can we at times choose not to go a certain ways? I would say yes, we can. Okay, I'm going to take basically the message that I have out of Proverbs chapter 1. You can turn to that if you would. First Corinthians 15, verse 33 says, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. So let's remember that as we go through this. The book of Proverbs gives good advice and equips us to choose wise friendships. Let's read from Proverbs 1, verse 8 to 19. My son, hear the instructions of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be as ornaments of grace unto thy neck, and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us wait, let us wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave, and the whole as those that go down to the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us, let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they that wait for their own blood, they look privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. I'll read 20. Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the street. Okay. Now this wisdom that the Proverbs is speaking about, I believe is actually a a uh, prophecy of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, of w wisdom coming. So let's re refer to that wisdom as, as the Lord. 
We have a few words here that I would like to pick out of this particular passage that we read. And the wisdom that we find here is not the intellectual brilliance that people, we th think that some people have. You know, they are intellectual, they're smart and wise. And uh, I say wise, they're, uh, maybe it, wise isn't the right word for them, but, but uh, it's not that kind of a, a accumulation of information. A lot of people have all kinds of information that some people that you talk to have answers or have something to say about anything that you choose to talk about. They'll know something about it. I mean, they're just intellectually brilliant, you know. But the wisdom that he's speaking about means skill in living. Not skill as far as brilliance is concerned, but skill in everyday living. A proper response to God or we should say the fear of God and understanding in understanding and obedience. Now that's quite a quite a a load for us to think about. In this particular verse it talks uh, uh, verses that we read it says to stand for his own conviction. That's a person that is Fearing the Lord. He stands for something. Some people, they stand for nothing. That's the, why they fall, that's the reason why they fall for anything. They stand for nothing and fall for anything. They have no conviction. They have no real ideal for living in, in the way that they do. They just live and, and think that we live and enjoy life. That's the best thing that a man can do. At least that's what Solomon thought. But he thought, he came to understand that this is vanity. Altogether no good if we just live for ourselves and try to live it up. So, we need people that can stand for, that have conviction. And not losing it, this conviction, because of Popularity. Some people want to be so popular that they're afraid to stand for anything. Or socially, these people want to be accepted. And so they just give in to things. They're not willing to stand. They're not willing to, uh, to do what is right because they want to be accepted by, by the social class of people. Let's look at verse 22. How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. There's three things in here. Then I want to talk about four of them. And the uh, fourth one is found in verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. So the simple ones, 
The simple ones that he's talking about is not the people that are mentally insufficient, or we would say they're somewhat retarded, you know. That's not what he's talking about here. The simple man is, is uh, well, 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 I'll just continue on. The simple, the simple one means that he is naive. You know, he's, he has an open mind. When he's talking about the simple person, he's talking about one that has a simple mind, an open mind. And he's open people, he's just open to people talk to him, and they can tell him anything, and he believes it, you know. He's very gullible. That's the simple man. Or he's naive. Then there's a scorner. And then there's the fool that he talks about, and then it's the wise man that he talks about in chapter 1. In verse 5, the wise man will hear. Both we and our friends will fall into one of these categories that I mentioned. One of those four categories we fall into. Either we're the simple ones, or we're a scorner, or we're fools, or we're wise. Now you say, the Bible says, don't call any man a fool on this earth. So what about that? Well, why would Proverbs use it so often, talking about the foolish man or the fool? Well, maybe we'll be able to help you understand that because it is something that you will want to know. Like I said, the, the simple one is open-minded, very open-minded, open to persuasion. Someone can come along and just persuade that kind of a person, just easy to talk to him, and he's persuaded. I used to be that way. Believe it or not, I used to be a very shy person. Very, very shy. When it came to things that should have mattered. But I was a leader in things that were wrong. I led people or taught people how to sin. I'm reminded of, and, and maybe I told you this before, but uh, I had my driver's license already in the family that I come from. Dad had an egg route. And so we got, I got driver's license as soon as I was 16 or thereafter. And so we would take the panel truck and go down the road in Canton, North Canton, Ohio, and, and peddle eggs and summertime sweet corn and various things. But uh, that wasn't the best thing for me. I don't know if I had a car yet at this point or not. But there was uh, three other boys that came along and there was an Amishman that, that lived, uh, oh, I would say four miles from where we lived. And he was kind of a, I don't know, not everybody liked him the best, you know. And so these boys, they decided that we were, it was around Halloween time, they decided that we were going to go to his farm and do some Halloweening. And 
that Halloweening means being destructive. You destroy things for people. That's Halloweening, real true Halloweening, you know. That's why we don't take part in Halloween today. That's, that's an evil whatever. It's just an evil thing to do, you know. So, but anyhow, we went and we took uh, one of my friend's uh, car and they thought that I should be the driver. So we drove up to this place Went on down past his, his place, I was driving, and there we dropped, I dropped the other boys off, and I went on a little ways and turned around and came back. Well, this smart Amishman knew that something was going on, and he had some friends there, and of course, they saw what was happening, and they called the police. When I went down the road, turned around and came back, the police were there. And incidentally, they stopped me and, and pulled me into the, the Amishman's uh, uh, farm there. And they questioned me from A to Z. Everything, everything I knew, they wanted to know, you know. So uh, I told them, I just, I was not like today. You have the right to remain silent, you know. It was nothing like that back there, you know. So I had to tell them everything. And they said, well, where are your friends? I said, I don't know. I just dropped them off, and I don't know where they are. So we sat there uh, after they had questioned me and asked me for my driver's license, which I didn't have along. And uh, I was one scared young man. And I, I, was, I was really scared and shaking, and, and I don't know what all. But anyhow. All the time that, that we were there, these, my three friends, they went around the back of the building and climbed up on the roof and watched everything from up there that was going on. They were there all the time. I didn't know where they were. Well, we waited, and I, I suppose we were there for an hour and a half or two hours. And finally, the police said, well, what we want you to do is go home to your home to bed. Well, I was so nervous, I did whatever they said, and I went home. Four miles, I went home, and I, I went to bed. But they told me that tomorrow, you come down to the police station and bring the owner of this vehicle with you. We want to see your license and everything that goes with it, car registration and everything. And if we don't get it, you will end up in jail. That was one place I did not want to go. I don't know how they could have done it because we never did anything wrong yet, but we probably would have. I don't know what would have happened. Well, I went home and I went to bed, and this was already 12, 1 o'clock. So about 3 o'clock in the morning, here come these boys in, in the house and came upstairs and said, where were you? I said, I went home. I was told to go home, so I went home, you know. And they said, we had to... You could have at least come around looking for us, they said, but it, it, they said, here we had to walk these four miles over here to come to the place where you are. And I said, well, they told me to go home, so I went to home. Gave them the keys, and they went home too. Well, that was a scary thing for me. So I, in my youth, for, for some reason, I was very bold and vocal 
with people that I thought were f my friends or I could lead people to do wrong. I taught, I taught uh, my, my cousin uh, how to smoke. He never smoked in his life. And I, ta I told him, come on, here's a cigarette, take it. It won't hurt you. It won't do anything to you. And so he did. And he, by that, he started smoking. Because once you start those cigarette smoking, they, they have so much nicotine in them that once you start, you can't stop. It's not like some people say, oh, well, I can stop any time that I want to. I'll do this thing. There's no fear. I can, st I can stop this thing any time that I want to. Listen, you cannot. The power of sin is such a tremendous power that human nature cannot overcome it. I say cannot. I, I suppose there are people that have stopped without being Christians. But anyhow, the friends that you don't need is someone that is going to entice you. When sinners entice you, consent thou not. You do not need those kind of friends in your life. They will lead you astray. And it says here that they'll say, come on, let's get together. Let's, let's uh, lie in wait for blood. That really looks ugly and sounds cruel. You know, the wait for blood. I'm not sure what all they were asking there, but it was telling all the people to come together and we'll make a lot of money here. We'll have one purse, do everything in one purse. I mean, we'll work together. We'll have a wonderful time. And this simple person is simple enough to believe that. So you do not need friends like that. You do not be strong enough to say no in a nice way, but mean what you say. The simple people have no discernment, no solid conviction. He lacks discernment. He cannot, he's, he's, he doesn't have the ability, he or she, the ability to see that he should, they should not be involved with this, these people. Evil communications corrupt good manners. So you don't need those kind of friends. The Bible doesn't say that you should become friends with these. Well, how can I win them if I'm not friends with them? I'll show you at the close of this message how to do that. And you'll want to hear it. So remain awake, remain alert, and listen. Some people do not listen when you tell them something. That's why they go on and fall into a trap. The, the, the trap to catch a bird is cast in vain in the sight of any bird. When you go to catch that bird, you take a blanket and you just want to flop that blanket over the bird. You can't do that because that wise bird is going to fly away. And there you stand holding the blanket but no bird. Because the bird knows enough to get out of the way. That's the way you should be in regards to wrongdoing. Get out of the way. Okay, the next one that uh, we come to is the scoffer. Or the scoffer is a mocker. One that talks, easily talks down on the authority, the authorities in the church, the authorities of the land. It's easy to really talk against the president, against things that they do at the White House. It's easy to, 
talk about them. If you're around those people all the time that talk down on other people, you'll be influenced to do the same thing. The longer you're around those people, the harder it's going to be to just be nice, to just talk nice. You won't be influenced to do wrong. He has, the, the, the mocker or the scoffer has an overwhelming attitude of pride and intellectual arrogance. You want to be around people that are full of pride? You don't need friends like that. I don't need friends like that. In fact, I don't want friends like that. I want friends that love me. And we can share things and pray with one another. He delights in, in being scornful, a mocking attitude towards spiritual things. They mock things that are spiritual. You need those kind of friends? I don't think. An intense dislike of, or of rebuke. These people, you try to rebuke them or warn them, they'll get mad at you. They'll feel like you're trying to get even with them or, or they won't be around. They don't want to hang around with you anymore. Well, they don't have to if they're those kind of people. You don't have to have those friends. And in their path, it leaves conflict and divisions. But most of all, it leaves the judgment of God. And that's what we should be scared of. Okay, the third thing is a fool. Now, I, like I said, it's not a judgment on his medic, mental capacity, but on his spiritual attitude. Some of history's most brilliant men intellectually have been fools. Rebellion against God. Confidence in himself. This man is his own savior. And any man that thinks he is his own savior is a fool. He is very foolish. If you think that you can save yourself. He has confidence in himself and not in God. His name is perfect for every person, for any person who is his own savior, is a fool. The fourth one, and I trust that you are this one, in contrast, is the wise man to all these things that I have said before. He places upon hearing God's truth and his submission or response to it of great value. Now, like I said before, our attitude when we come to church or when we go somewhere is that we should be that we want to listen. We want to know something. We want to find out something that is going to help me in my Christian life. And so I don't go and I sit down and I relax. Soon I'll be sleeping. Because you can't just sit there and rest everything in your body and think that you can stay alert and awake. You cannot do it. The devil makes you fall asleep. Just like that, you'll fall asleep. And I'm not trying to be down on anyone. I'm just trying to say the truth. You are not listening. 
The Bible says take heed how you hear. Because some people will not listen. How many parents in here are there who really like it when their children do not listen? Are you listening to me? The mother will say or the father will say, are you listening to what I'm telling you? Oh, yeah. So, the wise man is very careful as to how he hears. Wisdom is skill in living based upon his reverential fear of God. Now, there's a, a couple of verses in Matthew chapter 7. And I, I think maybe the children should, should sing it. Jonathan, would you come up here and, and, and lead the children in singing this song? The wise man built his house upon a rock. You children want to sing a song for the older people here? All the children from age that you can start singing up to... Okay. <laughs> Whatever. You want to help sing this song? <coughs> I'm not sure of all the motions, but if you know it's why you can just join in on that. Wow, this is good. Thank you. <laughs> so it's very 
wise for us to build our house upon, upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to consider one more character, and this won't take long. Daniel. Daniel had a purpose in his heart when he was taken away from his home, going into another land. He could have easily kind of melded into the culture of where he was going and, and, and be involved with their things. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. And I believe this meat here means food. Daniel knew the law of God concerning what to eat. So he purposed in his heart that he was not going to defile himself or to accept a pagan lifestyle. That's what you and I need to do. We are people that want to serve the Lord. And we will not be friends with people. When I say friends, I'm meaning close association with them all the time. Because evil communications corrupt good manners. So if you want friends, I'm going to read to you from Psalm 101. And this was concerning David, and this will be my closing chapter that I'm going to read. Verse 101, David, after he committed sin and done a lot of unwise things, he repented in Psalm 51, and then in, in uh, Psalm 101, I believe would be a good thing for us to have the same kind of desire that David had. I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privileged slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look, and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all the wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? What a wonderful testimony. And what a wonderful desire that David has, has had. Thank you. I'm going to close the meeting at this time, except I'll turn it back to uh, James, and he can close it then with prayer.